Joy is a byproduct of love and action. Joy is what fills the hearts of those who have come to recognize that the only way, the only path, is His path. The love that gives itself away, especially to those most in need, those forgotten, those pushed aside. The love that recognizes the hurt in the world and says, I can't heal at all, but I'll stand with you. From Chicago, it's the Old St. Pat's Podcast Sunday Series, a show that highlights weekly reflections from Old St. Patrick's Church. In these last few days before Christmas, Father Pat McGrath gives us a good reminder on what type of gifts are the best to give in order to fill the hearts of all. I have a wonderful, vivid memory from my childhood of the first time I ever saw my parents dance. We had a great home, it was a happy place. They were exceptional parents. We laughed a lot in our house. There was frequently music playing in our house, but I had never seen them dance. Until we were at some family wedding at some point, and I was a little kid, and the band started playing, and I don't remember the song. But out of the corner of my eye, as I was sitting enjoying my kitty cocktail, I noticed two familiar figures spinning around on the dance floor. Could it be? Is it possible? I was transfixed by the image of my mom and dad dancing at a wedding. My mouth was open. My sister looked across the table to me and she said, you've never seen this before? And they were really good dancers. They were of that generation that they just did a lot of that dancing as couples and they fit perfectly together, spinning around. My father with a stoical look and my mother with absolute joy on her face. I can picture it still today. It's 45 years ago, something like that. The joy of that dance floor and the joy in me to see them and think, I never could have imagined this. It'll come to, as no surprise to any of you, I'm sure, to, to know that I'm an extraordinary dancer myself. <laughs> I say that in all humility, for sure. Some of it perhaps is genetic, but there's, there's the passion of the dance that has captured me in my life, and some of you have perhaps seen it, you'll recall. <laughs> whether at a wedding or a fundraiser or whatever it might be, if I haven't executed my perfect Irish farewell by the time the band strikes, every priest must perfect the Irish farewell. You go to so many of these events, and you know the Irish goodbye, the Irish farewell is that quiet exit that no one notices. Well, he must be over there talking to someone else or perhaps out ministering somewhere. I'm in the car on the way home. <laughs> but I do enjoy getting out on the dance floor, and every once in a while I'll get the look like the priest is on the dance floor. You got that right, baby. Watch this happen, right? This is going to be something to see. About a year ago, two years ago, I was dancing at a wedding, 
and I knew the family well, and we were having a great time. And it's one of these things they do now where they insert dancing all throughout the reception, even before you get to the speeches. I mean, it drives me crazy. I like the more predictable exit that I could make. <laughs> so there we were out on the dance floor with wild abandon, really quite fun, me with a group of family members dancing to a song, unfortunately, entitled Shut Up and Dance With Me. <laughs> and the dance came to a close and everybody cheered and then the band leader said, and now I'd like to invite Father McGrath up to give the blessing. <laughs> really? Now? And so Father Buzzkill made his way to the microphone. <laughs> And the setup couldn't have been better because, of course, I said, now shut up and pray with me. <laughs> and so we did. But there was such joy at that wedding. There's so, such joy when we, when we have those moments together. And dancing is this thing, this sort of moment of wild abandonment at times where we just sort of move in the joy of the moment the image of my parents on a dance floor, the image of so many dancing in joy at celebrations of life. And we're told today in this gospel that's supposed to get us ready for Christmas, which is coming fast, that there's dancing going on in that little room where Elizabeth and Mary are meeting one another. We're told twice in that very brief passage that the infant in the womb of Elizabeth leaps for joy. He dances for joy in the presence of Mary and the child she carries. Twice we're told that that infant perceives something and there is this unbridled joy in the leaping, in the dancing of John the Baptist in the presence of the Christ, in the presence of Mary and her her child. And scripture scholars remind us that if we know our Hebrew scriptures well, we'll be reminded of an image of King David dancing before the Ark of the Covenant in the second book of Samuel. It's a beautiful image, David the king who is restoring the people who have been fractioned and the greatest king of all. And the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of God with the people, is being moved to its place of honor. And the king, the king of the people, David, dances with wild abandon in front of the Ark of the Covenant. As if to say there is no better, no more perfect response when one recognizes the presence of God in their midst than to leap for joy, to dance like crazy, to move with the spirit that sets you free. And so the king dances in the presence of the ark and the prophet, the one who prepares the way for Jesus, John the Baptist, dances, leaps in the presence of God in front of him. We call him Emmanuel. God with us, God here present. And in hearing that voice of Mary enter that little house, joy is unleashed and dancing occurs. 
And so it seems to me that this gospel today that the church puts in front of us to ponder as we make our way in these final days of Advent, these final days of preparation, of making room in our hearts and our lives for God to come yet again to us in some new way or some familiar way, the church says, be joyful. We said it last week at Gaudete Sunday, the instruction, the mandate, rejoice. The church ups the ante this week and adds dancing to the mix. Be joyful, leap for joy, dance. And I suspect that for some of us, maybe all of us, our response is something to the effect of, yeah, right. Because we feel the, the realities of our time that feel so different from joy the burdens of life these days that we share as a global community wrestling with a pandemic that rears its head again. The fear and the anger and the frustration. And we say, what, what joy. And we ponder the list of things that fill our prayer and make us worry, the things that gather our attention and draw us perhaps from those things that are most important. And we know the truth of the matter is that there are a lot of things on our hearts and in our minds today that draw us to anything but dancing and joy. And yet, here we are. And here this story is. And keep in mind that Mary makes her way to Elizabeth, we're told, in haste. And that was not an easy journey. And keep in mind that these two women in their own ways, while delighted and thrilled, are worried and afraid as what will unfold in their lives ahead of them. And keep in mind that they are a simple people and quite poor, and that they live under the regime of a political power, the Roman Empire, that makes their life anything but simple or easy. And keep in mind that the risks of daily life for them were exponentially more dramatic, you might say, than ours might be today. And still, Mary makes her way pregnant on a journey to Elizabeth, and in the midst of the heaviness of the world at that time, in the midst of the politics and the threats to life and safety and all those things that would work against hope and joy and dancing, they come together, these two women, two women at the center of the story, two women, the main characters of the most important story that unfolds for us today. And what happens is joy. And so there must be something about joy that makes it different than simple pleasure or happiness. There must be something about joy at work in this, this extraordinary exchange and the reality of what these two women are doing in bringing these children to life in this world. There must be something more about joy that gets revealed in what John the Baptist recognizes in the presence of Jesus. There must be something about joy that's not dependent upon how I'm feeling about the world today. And so what is it? This joy. Well, 
in the farewell discourses, that is, the farewell speeches of Jesus at the end of John's gospel. You've heard it thousands of times. Text from it is so frequently chosen as the gospel at funerals when we, when we say goodbye to family and friends and entrust them to God. This beautiful final speech of Jesus to his friends concludes with him saying, I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and your joy might be complete. He's making his way to the cross in that moment. He's carrying the weight of the brokenness of the world in that moment. And he says to his friends and he says to us this morning as we make our way to Bethlehem for the birth of hope, he says, I've told you this so that you might know my joy, that it might be inside of you and that your joy might be complete. I've told you this. What is the this? That's the question. I've told you this. This is the pathway to joy. This is what will lead to dancing. This is where the hope is. This is why I came. This is your purpose in life. This is why you exist. This is what you are being invited to be and to do. And the this, this I command you, he says. Love one another. Love one another. Joy is a byproduct of love and action. Joy is what fills the hearts of those who have come to recognize that the only way, the only path is his path. The love that gives itself away especially to those most in need, those forgotten, those pushed aside. The love that recognizes the hurt in the world and says, I can't heal it all, but I'll stand with you. I'll be your neighbor. I'll be your friend. I'll be church with you. This is joy we seek, and the path is to love. And so we crowd into that little room with Mary and Elizabeth today, a tiny room in an insignificant place, yet packed, packed with grace and hope and joy. And they danced. Time now for announcements and events. We're so excited to announce that the Old St. Patrick's Deck the Hall Christmas concert will air on Lakeshore PBS on Wednesday, December 22nd at 7 p.m., Christmas Eve at 11 p.m., and Christmas Day at 5 p.m. Check your local cable listing or visit lakeshorepbs.org to find your Lakeshore PBS channel. We hope you're able to tune in and enjoy this beautiful program. While you're finishing up your Christmas shopping, be sure to check out the Solidarity Market to see if there's anything on your list at this wonderful virtual marketplace that helps protect the earth and combat poverty. The webpage is live and will be available until December 24th. To shop, visit oldstpats.org slash solidarity market. 
Lastly, for the complete schedule of our Christmas Eve and Christmas Day Masses, please visit our website at oldstpats.org. We hope you'll join us. Thank you for listening to today's episode. The homily was originally given at the 10 a.m. Mass on Sunday, December 19th by Father Pat McGrath. For more information about all resources available, visit our website at oldstpats.org. To stay up to date with new episodes, please follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the Old St. Pat's app. Find us on Twitter at Old St. Pat's and on Instagram at Old St. Pat's Chicago. You've been listening to the Old St. Pat's Podcast. Podcast.